arguing about the CFP, Iowa preview, and arguing about the CFP. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation? Welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 47, and we are coming to you after a terrible, terrible week known as the bye week in college football. I hate it. I know you hate it too, but we are back. We're talking about college football, and we got a great show for you today. Um, I am super excited. Davis already knows this is like my favorite time of the year. This is my favorite episode of the year. And today, we're going to be talking those dreadful and wonderful at the same time, CFP rankings. What say you, Senor Davis? So, um, yeah, it was a rough week uh, because you don't get to watch Ohio State, but there was actually some really good games on. And of course, that was highlighted by the Texas win. Or I'm sorry, the Tennessee win over Alabama, and also the uh, Utah win over USC. Uh, two of the three prop bets that we had, and uh, watching the team up north blow up Penn State, which was. Uh, probably not the best thing for us to see in regards to, I mean, I guess the team at Moore is going to get more credit, but you know, I, I have a feeling Penn state's not as good as what they were ever as advertised, but we'll get more into that. But anywho, yes, I have been looking forward to this. I have done my homework as well as I know you have, and we are going to be basically giving our early CFP rankings. Uh, that official ranking does not come out until November 1st, uh, so we're still a little bit, what, right about two weeks away, or pretty close to that. Uh, or actually, less than two weeks away, I apologize. It's two weeks from this past Tuesday is when that will get revealed, so we still have a couple weeks of games that obviously could alter what we're thinking, and at the same time, I'm pretty sure the CFP may not even completely agree with what we do, because again, our criteria is whatever the hell we want it to be. I mean, exactly. I did my, I did my homework. I mean, you know, I, I put down offensive defensive rankings. You know, how many top twenty five wins you have, and the, let me let me at least say this: when I say top twenty five wins, I went by are they ranked right now? Because yeah, I did the complete opposite, and I did it right now because you and I have discussed many times that it doesn't matter what they end up with; it matters what they were when you played them. But I don't agree with that anymore. Because how can you not? You don't agree. You just said it. Yes, you said it last time. No, no, I, I, I don't think I said that last time. If I did, did then I'm I'm flip flopping, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Because we talked about playing uh, Notre Dame being ranked number five, and you said it was still a top five win. It's yes, but you know, I guess now that I put myself in a CFP, uh, CFP committee type of setting, I am now looking at it as okay. Yes, at the time it was a good win. But what does it look like now, now that we've ha- had an opportunity to see them play many games? So really, really, realistically, what it's done is a lot of our teams haven't even played a ranked game or have only played one ranked team that is currently ranked. So mine might be a little more accurate based upon maybe what the quality of win really looks like. But I still, dude, I'm on the fence with it, man. Like you should get some credit for that. But at the same time, you should also get credit for where they're at now. If that makes See, sense. So if, if you beat yeah, a team that wasn't that. ranked, but now they are ranked and they proved to be a pretty good team, then you should get, you know, quality. That should be a quality win, right? It, it should. But I will say, say if, if you beat 
Indiana today and then later on, you know, down the stretch or whatever, they win a bunch of games, they end up ranked. That that's a good win for you. You beat Indiana and now they're ranked in the top 15 or whatever. So now that's a quality win. You know, I get that. Also, if you beat a team that's ranked number one, they lose the next five, six games in a row and they're not ranked anymore. I get it. But for me, the whole point of college football is you're in the moment. You're playing number five, Notre Dame, ranked on national television at night. You know what I mean? Everybody's watching in the nation. At that moment, that is the number five team in the country, and you beat them. And you should get credit for that no matter what happens going forward. And you're you're not wrong. And I'm not saying take credit away, but I'm just saying I counted it as is, is a team you've played against currently ranked right now, and how did you do against them? It's more of a gauge of, okay, halfway through the season, what's your success against the top 25 halfway through the season? So I agree because – we, we've had this discussion before where what happens when you play a ranked team and you beat them? Well, obviously, what's going to happen to that ranked team? They're going to drop no matter what. So yeah. automatically, you're going to be penalized by showing, oh, well, you only they're only ranked 12th now. So they're not even a top 10 team. Well, they were before you beat them. So I'm on both sides of the fence, and, I, and I'm still probably more closer to where you're at. But the way I at least laid mine out is I wanted to see where the teams are currently ranked at, at least according to the AP poll. Because I know that I think these rankings are going to be pretty interesting then because we it seems yeah. like we came at it two different ways. A little bit. I mean, I also did some things like, I, you know, I looked at their best win, their worst loss. Uh, I looked at, you know, what their offense defense ranks are, their average margin of victory, uh, strength of schedule. I even did an eye test ranking just based upon what I've seen with my own eyes. So I literally have like seven, eight different things for each team. And I'll even tell you, there's a few teams that dropped out of my top 25 and some that uh, that I jo- uh, jumped in there. Me too, actually. So um, what's our format going to be? How are we going to roll with this? So we're going to do it in chunks, right, for the first uh, for the first couple of groupings here, probably. And once we get to the top 10, we'll do it individually by ranking. But for the first couple, you know, not quite as interesting. There might be some surprises, but I think, you know, I think everyone's probably a little less excited about the, the you know, 25 to 15. So we'll just we'll rattle those off, give you a brief, brief explanation, and then we'll move forward. But once we get into the top 10, buddy, it's on. OK, uh, who do you want to go first? Me or you? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first, man. Since All you're right. leading the prop bet thing, I'll let you go first. Fair enough. So uh, we'll go 25 through 21 to start. So rank 25th in my CFP is Maryland. Then rank 24th in my CFP is Purdue. Rank 23rd, I have LSU. 22nd, I have UNC. And 21, I have Cincinnati. Okay. A little surprised. Ours is a little bit jumbled up. I mean, first of all, I didn't put any Big Ten teams uh, anywhere. They don't even deserve to play football, let alone be in the top 25. But... um, our bottom end is pretty bad. Don't get me wrong. And it's we bad. are not very deep, but I think some teams have shown some good enough promise and have uh, a good enough resume that I feel like they deserve to be pretty close to the top 25. See, okay. I went like this. Uh, where are we stopping at? 21, 25 right. to 21, 25 to 21, 25. I got Mississippi state, 24 LSU, 23 North Carolina state, 22 North Carolina, the power blue. And 21 Cincinnati. So okay, I can see so, both, both of us brought LSU in. I can see that. Yeah, I thought LSU uh, has kind of right, uh, right the ship after that big loss to Tennessee, which I guess is kind of more understandable now. Uh, but they played a good game against Florida. 
Um, let, let me at least give you again my reasoning for Purdue, Maryland. So Purdue um, loses a, a couple rough ones. I think that didn't they lose to Syracuse, who is proven to be an uh, unbeaten team? And uh, Purdue also lost, I think, another sticker. Maybe it was Indiana or someone, but someone they shouldn't have really lost to. But since then, they've righted the ship. They're five and two, and they still, I believe, hold their own destiny in the Big Ten West. So Purdue is still a team, especially with um, oh their quarterback Aiden. What's his name? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's still a really good quarterback, and I, I have faith that Purdue, if they can right the ship, have a chance to run the Big Ten West. I put Maryland in there as well because they played Michigan really good. And if Michigan looked that good against Penn State, you know, that I think it says more about Maryland than it does Michigan, in my opinion. Um, I think they have a really good offense. They have a decent defense. And I think that also could be a sneaky team having to go on the road and play. You know, Ohio State will have to play them the week before Michigan. So. I think they're a lot stronger than what people give them credit for. I mean, sometimes you look at the name, you think Maryland, but this this Maryland team has been on the upswing over the last handful of years with uh, Tungavailoa's brother at quarterback. See, I'm just – I have lost all respect for the Big Ten West this year. Um, I think it is absolutely atrocious. It's abysmal. The fact They shouldn't even play the rest of the year. That's the way I feel about it. And to be honest with you, if Illinois only had – if Illinois had more than one loss, I wouldn't even have them in the top 25. I wouldn't. And they're the only one I have in the top 25. So I'm just telling you, dude, that is some bad football over there. Bad. And if I think about those two teams and I think about what would I do if I put them in any of these other divisions, if I let Purdue play Cincinnati, if I let Purdue play any of these teams in here, I think they would get absolutely trounced. I really do. That whole side of the division this year is just absolutely atrocious, man. And I just... I. It's I, I've just lost all respect I can have for it. I really have. Okay. I mean, I, I have a feeling Purdue's going to prove you wrong a little bit. I, I don't think they're a great team, but I think they are good enough to still win the West. And if they can get on a little bit of a run, you may see that. So we well, both I agreed. I think we both agreed on our LSU, North Carolina, and Cincinnati. There's not much to talk about there. Um, UNC's got a really good offense. they got a garbage defense. Uh, Cincinnati, they're just going to hover somewhere around the – you know, no more than ever top 15 this year. They're going to be a decent team. In uh, LSU, I mean, they're already kind of out of the running, but they could still make a run at only having, what, a two or three loss year and potentially be close to a top 10 team at the end of the year. So I think we have those in the pretty uh, pretty close to the right spots. So why okay. don't you go and give me your 20 through 16? 20 through 16. Yeah. Um, number 20, uh, tell your wife not to beat me up, UK. Number 19, Illinois. Number 18, Kansas State. Number 17, Penn State. And number 16, the Mighty Mighty Longhorns of Texas. Okay. Um, I think we're pretty close, to be honest with you, in this section. Maybe a little bit out of order, but I also went with uh, Kentucky at 20. I went with Kansas State at 19. I went with Penn State at 18. I went with Texas at 17, and I did put Illinois above them at 16. Because you think they, Texas can beat Illinois? Well, listen. Tell me, right, tell me today Texas can beat, or, or Illinois can beat Texas. I'll tell be honest, today. I don't know, because Texas couldn't put up yes, that many points. Listen, Texas lost to Texas Tech, dude. That's not a, that's not a good look. I mean, Texas is only they, averaging they 37 points per game. They starting quarterback. I understand that, but Texas, starting Texas is only Illinois averaging. Lost to Indiana. Will you listen to me, damn it, dude. Texas is averaging now. 37 points per game. Okay, 
And Illinois is averaging 26 points per game. Not great, but Illinois is only giving up nine points per game while Texas is giving up 18. So they're almost pretty identical on their spreads. So Dude, I think I would take even though Illinois' offense is not that great, I feel like Illinois' defense is going to do a much better job against Texas than what um, other teams have done this year. Dude, I think that'd be a double-digit spread in Texas's favor, no matter where it was played. <sighs> you know, I, do I think Texas would be favored? Yes. But again, in my opinion, from what I've seen, I think Illinois. I think it would be a coin flip, man. I think it would be a good game. I really do. Well, I want to address something. First of all, we said we weren't going to argue at this point, but we lied. <laughs> Apparently. <Okay. laughs> so, so I just want to point that out. <laughs> all right, let's let's move on. We don't want to stick too much into it because we really want to get. I really want to get to the top ten. But well, so, I mean, we had them roughly in the same area yeah, it's in that section, area. so we're not far off there. Okay, you go next. Give me the next All right, group. so we're doing 15 to 11, correct? 15 to 11. All right, 15, I have Wake Forest. At 14, I have Utah. At 13, I have Syracuse. At 12, I have Oklahoma State. And at number 11, I have US. Uh, I have Oregon. Sorry, I have Oregon at number 11. So, again, it's Wake Forest, Utah, Syracuse, Oklahoma State, and Oregon. Okay. All right, I'm going to go like this. Number 15, I got USC. Number 14, Wake Forest. Number 13, Utah. Number 12, I got Oklahoma State. And number 11, I got Oregon. Okay, so our 12 and 11 is the same, but you are, no, our, yeah, our 12 and 11 is the same. But you have Utah all the way at, what, 15? Uh, I have them at 13. Oh, 13, okay. 13, well, exp yeah. explain me that one. Why do you have U USC? that far behind uh, because they lost okay but they lost to a utah team by one point on the road and they still have a heisman contending quarterback and they still have lincoln riley all this crap that you yeah. talked to me the whole year and you're going to sit there and drop them almost what eight spots seven oh, spots yeah. because of a loss hey man you lose you lose and you know what? I look at a team like Lake Forest, Wake Forest. God, I can't even speak. Um, you know who has a better loss than all of them by losing to Clemson, but they've also beat they beat Florida State, who's been at least somewhat on the upswing, and they were ranked when they played them at twenty three. So my point is, dude, I'm always going to go by head to head, no matter what. And those three teams to me are about on the same level in the same grouping to me. So when I look at those three and I go to line them up, I have to put Utah ahead. Obviously, for the head-to-head, -head. I'm putting Wake Forest ahead because of they have a at least a ranked win and a better loss, and that's why the USC would be at the tail end of that. So you have a two-loss Utah ahead of a one-loss USC. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, the same Utah team that where are they at? Where they had a bad loss against Florida. Florida is one of their losses. That's a bad loss looking back now because Florida, I mean, what do they have already lost three or four games now? Yeah, but USC hasn't beat a ranked team this year. Maybe not. But all right, so you, I will at least give I will at least give you this. Utah statistically is the better team, um, at least defensively. They're pretty close offensively in numbers, um, but. The big thing is USC, and I, one thing I will agree with you, USC's defense is ranked 71st nationally. 
And that's a problem. So if we're going to start talking, once we get close to these numbers about national championship contending teams, do that magic numbers, you have to have a defense that's in the top 25. We had to talk about this a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago about there's been only two teams over the past, uh, you know, since BCS era and the college football playoff era that have won the national title with a team that has been outside the top 25. You know, and one of them was LSU, and they were still like 33rd. And the Auburn team's kind of the outlier where I'm not sure where they rank, but they're outside the top 25. So I don't care how good your offense is, uh, you still have to have a defense that is pretty capable. And having a defense at 71 for USC is kind of a red flag. I agree. But I'm still going to give them more credit because they did go on the road and lose by a two point conversion, basically being thrown at them last second. And Utah has that extra loss, dude. That's a, you can't ignore a bad loss like that. Now yeah, it's not the worst the loss, if, but it's not a USC good one. And Utah played today. Who would win? Oh wait, we don't have to wait for that. We already know. So, anyways, moving on. Yeah, well, that was that same problem last year with uh, <laughs> what Michigan State and Michigan, where what Michigan State beats Michigan and Michigan stays ahead of them. Remember yeah. that whole ordeal? I can't live like that. I can't. But we we bitched and complained about that last year, and you're sitting here doing the same thing this year. No, I'm living with it, dude. I got the I got the the winner the winner ranked higher. What do you mean? I got the winner yeah. ranked higher. Well, and here here's another thing. I think Oklahoma State is some fool's gold too. We both had them at number twelve, but you know what their defense is ranked now that they've lost Jim Knowles. Yeah, they're a hundred. They're a hundred ninth in the country in defense. Yeah. That's not good. That I mean, I'll bad. tell you, I mean, offensively, they're 33rd, which isn't bad, but that's still not that good either. I mean, oh. they, they've, they you know, by the they way, beat... for everyone, just real quick, so everyone knows, the metric we used for defense was total yards and the same for offense, just so you know what I mean. If you go, if you're going on ESPN and going, man, 109th, are they really? And you sort it a different way or something like that. We're, we're talking about total yards. That's, that's yeah. the metric we used. Yeah, I mean, it's not an exact science. I mean, uh, I don't, some people call that total defense or total offense, whatever. I mean, I usually think that's the best gauge of seeing if a team can move the ball up and down the field or how much you're letting a team move up and down the field. Whether or not you're scoring seven or three is kind of a hidden metric or you're scoring defensive or special team scores. You know, those are things that are going to happen in there. But I think it's a best kind of a best uh, case of really getting to see, you know, what is the offense production going to possibly look like? What is the defense possibly going to look like? I agree. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and move to our top ten. I think uh, we're not far off there. Now let me let me ask you this: Where'd you have Syracuse at again? Ten. Oh, sorry. I thought you I, I thought you had already said Syracuse. So I I had him at thirteen, and I thought Syracuse. Um, here's the thing with Syracuse, and I want to hit on that. Actually, you know what? I'll let you. We'll, we'll hit on it when you talk to me. Your top ten. So give me your give me your ten through six. I know. I'm sorry. Give me ten. We're going right down the yeah. road now. 10 is Syracuse. Um, I, I'll, I'll put it like this. Um, they are undefeated. Okay, you can't ignore that. Uh, they did beat, you know, NC State, which I feel like is a pretty quality win. Um, you know, they got a great defense, um, so-so offense. But, but they, they do play. I mean, it's Syracuse. They play a weak schedule. They play in a weak conference. So, I mean, I only give so much credit for that. I mean, to be honest, if their name wasn't Syracuse, if their name is uh, anybody from the SEC or the Big Ten, um, and they got a ranked win and they got a zero, a goose egg in the loss column, I probably have them a little bit higher than this. But that's the reason that they're sitting at 10 for me. I can't disagree. I mean, I know I had them at 13, but I can reasonably see how they're just right at the cusp of the top 10 team. 
Um, you know, I, I know that kind of sounds crazy to say, but realistically, you know, there's kind of only about five or six teams, maybe even less than that. And then the cliff is pretty severe. So some of these other teams that we're going to be listing in here are, you know, just having a really good first half of the year. But at the end of the day, they're not really contenders, you know, uh, or not realistic. I mean, could it possibly happen? Sure. But do we really think it will happen? No. I mean, Syracuse is winning on average, you know, 23 points a game. That's pretty good. Uh, their best win is against North Carolina State, and they beat them 24 to 9. And NC State is at least still an AP ranked team. I don't know where they're not in my CFP top 25, but. You know, they're still, uh, you know, a top 25 team. And you're right. Syracuse's defense is eighth nationally right now. That's pretty good. But then again, you know, who have they really played? I mean, their strength of schedule is like 51st. So that's not, you know, not terribly good. Right. Um, And based upon the eye test, it's a little bit of ugly football with them. I mean, they're still scoring on average 36 points a game, which is not bad. But and giving up 13. So that's a pretty good spread. But. You know, the offense, you know, I think to be a real true contender, you're going to have to be averaging more points that unless you have like a Georgia style defense from last year. Right. Well, dude, don't hold me in suspense or give me your 10. Uh, USC. I just I couldn't have the heart to drop them that much, uh, even though I know their defensive numbers don't look great. But I still think that they are a team on the uptick, you know, similar to Texas. Uh, I think those are two teams that have some promising futures. And currently right now, I think USC is a little more uh, prepared and ready to compete than Texas currently is. Uh, I don't think Texas is too far off, but I just I still think that they're they're too good of a team to be outside the top 10 with a one point loss on the road to, you know, another ranked team. That's where just it seems have, too unfair. Where did you have to Oregon? Uh, 11. Wow. And I did. I asked myself that question. I put Oregon and USC right in that 10-11 slot, and I said, which one do I like better? And I picked USC. Why? I mean, or- Oregon lost to Georgia 40, what, 49-7? to It's a better loss than uh That is USC not a – I'm sorry, 49-3. to that is, a better that, loss. that is not a better loss. I know it's against a better team, but when you there get you beat – If you get beat by 46 points, how's that a better loss than losing by one to a ranked team on the road? I got Oregon by double digits against USC today. I would take that bet in a heartbeat. Well, Hell, I'll get, I'll you give you lose the... one for the first time this year. No, <laughs> there's a, there's a reason why you're eight and four in prop bet or four and eight in prop bets this year. I would take that in a heartbeat. I would take that game straight up. Well, I'm telling you, uh, so answer me. This. They're going to listen. They play. USC don't they has not be a ranked team this year. Oregon has, but they've and only they had one. Op- they've they only had one opportunity. They've only had what? Listen. Oh my God! Don't we're go- okay. Does Does USC play Oregon this year? Just answer me that. I'm not that familiar with the divisions in the Pac-12. I have no idea. If they do, I want to put a, 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 a gentlemanly wager on that game. It's not going to be gentlemen about it. There ain't going to be nothing gentlemen. I'm pulling well, the sword out. <laughs> that's fine with me. But hey, we could be at this for a little while. But I'm just telling you. I mean, there's no way you can tell me Oregon is a double-digit favorite over USC. Dude, I'd make him in a heartbeat. I would, I would at least say Oregon might be a six, five, six, seven-point favorite, maybe Dude, at home at I the just most. Don't think USC's better. They're not there yet, man. They're not there yet. I agree, they're not there yet, but neither is Oregon. No, but they're more there than USC. That's what I feel. No, like. not if you're losing by forty-six points to one of the top teams in the country. No. Listen, Mm-mm. we could argue about this all day because, uh, first of all, Oregon's offense is better than USC's offense by a bunch. 
Mm. Yes. Go with it. Yeah, so, Bo, so who's better, Bo Nix or Caleb Williams? Huh? Who's better? The Oregon yeah. Ducks. <laughs> no, cool. Bo, Bo Nix, who couldn't hack it at Auburn, goes out there. All right, whatever. All right, yeah. number nine. Number nine. I'm gonna, <laughs> number I nine. You, I have to let you go first on this one because you're probably going to be like, what the heck? Go ahead. I have TCU at nine. Okay. TCU gonna, is six. explanation or you want me to drop it? No, I'll go ahead. TCU, I have them. They're six and oh, averaging 41 points a game. Uh, still giving up. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Averaging. Uh, uh, sorry, averaging 46 points a game, giving up 27. So the defense isn't, you know, terribly great. I mean, their defense is ranked 89th right now, uh, but they've beat a handful of ranked teams. Um, they are third offensively, which is really good. Uh, their overall spread is, you know, they're winning by almost 20 points a game. And, uh, I still consider their best win is 43, 40 against Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma state. But again, you know, Giving up that many points, uh, it, that's, a, that's a question mark for me. So that's why I was willing to keep TCU a uh, little bit closer to the 10 rank instead of having a little further down there. Okay. Um, I have them a little bit higher than you um, in the rankings, but not, not too far off. But I think this is the one that's going to surprise people. And before I let the name out, I'm going to give you the explanation first. I already have an idea who you're putting here, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I'm old school. Okay. We grew up in the, you know, the Michigan days, you know, back when it was Rose Bowl or bust and then, you know, the BCS era and now the CFP era. And all that has kind of culminated me to the point where I have opinions like I am now. And certain things to me carry a lot of weight. And one of those things is losing. Okay, so when I look at my rankings and I go, okay, who's going to be ranked in the top 10? The first thing I look at is who's undefeated. Okay, and who's an undefeated power five conference? Who's in an undefeated Power Five conference with ranked wins? Who's in an undefeated you know, Power Conference with ranked wins and a decent offense and defense? And because of those reasons, I think if you lose, you should be penalized. You should be penalized a great deal. Now, not to say that the season's not going to go on and you're not going to lose and other people are going to lose games. They're going to get knocked out. Teams are going to prevail. We've seen it a million times. Things are different when you get to the end of the season. You have one loss. Maybe you're a conference champion, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of explanation for that. But when there are power five teams that are undefeated with rank wins, I will not put a one loss team in front of them. I will not. Number nine, Alabama. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. Uh, I don't want to argue too much with you, but I will tell you this. You know, the same reason why you threw it in my face. Do you really think USC is better than Oregon? Blah, blah, blah. All the who they played, all this stuff. Do you really think that UCLA and TCU and teams like that are better than Alabama? Name a team in your time. No, no, no. You can't sit there and change the rules. The same argument you gave me, I'm giving you. Answer the question. Do you think TCU and UCLA are better than Alabama? No, but they they didn't lose. So you are going back on it. The teams that you and I were talking about already lost. See, undefeated is the only factor there. Is. I mean, yes, that's that's a fair statement. I understand where you're coming from, and I don't totally disagree. Um, I feel like your answer may be a little more skewed because it's Alabama. Had that been Ohio State with the L, you probably wouldn't have dropped them as far. Be honest. I have to be totally honest with you, dude. I have this thing in my head about it where it's like, okay, do I realistically think that Alabama is not going to beat half these teams that, that are in front of them in the rankings today? 
They probably will. But the eye test isn't everything, dude. You have to give credit where credit is due and take it when it's when it's time to take it. And I've always believed that when you lose, you fall back. As the season goes on, you climb back into the rankings. That's the way that I feel about it. These teams are going to lose and they'll have their chance. But today, right now, today, not what's going to happen next week. Today, I believe Alabama is the ninth best team in the country based on the fact that they've had three close games. One of them resulted in a loss. And the only ranked team they beat was a number ranked or number 20 ranked Arkansas. Yeah, I, just I mean, can't give you much. Con- I, I just can't give you much. And that's and I don't even give him credit for that because Arkansas is not even currently ranked anymore. Um, you know, I have Alabama's best win is, yes, that Arkansas 49-26, but of course losing to Tennessee 52-49. to And it's not just losing to Tennessee, it's how they lost. I mean, they're giving up 52 points. It's one thing if they lost like 24-21 or something like that, where at least the defense was good. Maybe they just had more of a bad offensive day. I mean, the only reason that they, that game was even close is because of Bryce Young. Like, Bryce Young didn't even play bad that game. He played Dude, pretty I, well. I still contend. If Quinn Ewers plays plays versus Alabama, they lose. I agree. I, I think that it. I think that completely happens. I mean, te- Texas. We could be looking at Texas completely different had that Ewers injury never happened, because Texas not only could have won that Alabama game, they most likely probably not wouldn't have lost that Texas Tech game either. And we'd be sitting here looking at what a, a seven and zero Texas team that I guarantee you is probably ranked third in the country. They're literally one point away and one, you know, strange shoulder away from being third in the country. And we have them down here, what, around 16, 17, 18 range? Yeah. So so you're telling me just based off one point, they're 12 different. So that's why I'm also in agreeing with you that you have to reward winning and punish losing. So I agree, you know, Texas, I think, could beat a handful of teams I have listed in front. But again... You know, unless they're really likewise in resume in regards to record or things like that, um, that's pretty much when I go more for my eye test, which I, guess, I, I th- you're right. I think and we- I, I guess the best measurement for me, the best way to to put it out there is that I go by all that unless we're talking someone with a loss versus someone without a loss in a power five conference. OK, then I, I, I just can't go that way. All right. My so not allow it. I understand. All right, so give me your number eight. Number eight? Um, I went with Clemson. Ooh, um, interesting. I, I know this is a little low for them. I'm not sold on Clemson, dude. I really don't think they're that strong of a team. I mean, I know they got a couple of ranked wins. They beat Wake Forest. They beat North Carolina State. But their offense, dude, is bad. I don't care what anybody says. They they don't pass the eye test for me. When they I don't. don't. I mean, they're ranked, what, 61st in the country offensively. That's not good, especially for a, a team like that with that many four and five stars. That's not, not a good offense. Like, you know what you're going to ask me. Hey, do you think that Clemson beats this team or that team or this team in the in the top 10? And, I, and when I look at them, to be honest with you, most of it's either a coin flip or I got Clemson on the losing side of that coin. So I, I just I'm really not that confident in them. I mean, I, it does hold some clout that they are undefeated. I get that. They got a couple of rank wins, but they do not pass the eye test for me. So I got them. I got them down around eight. You know, I think this is the only mistake I made in my CFP. You know, the more I, I sat there and looked at it and I wrote it in pen. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe it was partial laziness. So you meant it. You so, meant that. Well, I did. I want <laughs> listen. I'm always usually really good at just sticking with my instincts. I go through it and I feel I go with, with what I feel, what I've seen, and I wrote it down. And that's the other one after I look back through it and I was like, oh, uh, you know, in hindsight, I might have wanted to move that. I agree. I think I have Clemson too high on mine. And I think 
the big thing that really does stick out. I mean, their strength, their strength of schedule is like 33rd, which isn't bad, but it's not great. Um, they do not pass the eye test like Clemson teams of old, especially one that is, you know, higher up in the rankings. I mean, 61st offensively. I mean, 29th, they're still even outside the top 25 in the defense. You know, they're yeah. giving up still a handful of points. Um, the games that they did win, I mean, the Wake Forest one was an overtime. They could have easily lost that game. And the NC State one, they only won by 10. And NC State is barely a ranked team anymore. So I agree. Um, I do not have any problem with you having Clemson at eight. And the only problem, though, is Clemson is not really going to be challenged the rest of this year. And I see them being the Florida State team from 2014, where Jameis Winston's second year, where they pretty much went undefeated, but it didn't look great. They got into the playoff as number four team, and what happened? They got blown out by Oregon. So I, I have a feeling that Clemson's going to steal a spot uh, in the CFP to a team that is more rightfully deserving because they just have too much of a cakewalk, and they, they're not a good enough team to compete uh, against the best of the best this year. I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting right now talking about talking about these scenarios when they come up because I'd love to see what happens You know, when you've got uh, maybe four unbeaten teams four unbeaten teams that are at least pretty good, or maybe one of them's Clemson and a, and a one loss Alabama. Okay. But, uh, that, that's a conversation for another day, but all right, let me give you my number eight. Uh, my, my number eight, I have UCLA. So UCLA, um, they average about 41 points on offense, 23 on defense. They're averaging about 18 points per win. Uh, there are 12 offensively and 33 defense. So, you know, they're pretty comparable. I mean, the defense, you know, you'd like to see in the top 25 is more of a, you know, a competitive team. But the the thing that kind of stands out is they're 54th in strength of schedule. And I know that uh, they've not really been challenged much. Um, their best win to date is they did beat Utah by 10. So that is impressive. But other than that, I mean, they've not really played a lot of people. So uh, the that defensive number... Uh, that they have is not bad, but it's kind of the strength of schedule. It's kind of keeping them back a little bit for me. When I look at UCLA, I, I see kind of what I see when I look at Ohio State and that, you know, the, the story is still to be told with them. You know, they do have USC and they have Oregon left uh, on their schedule. And I think that's really going to tell the tale of their season. But I will say this. I have been paying attention to UCLA because I've been waiting for that program to turn around a little bit. I mean, well, they got Oregon this week. They got Oregon this weekend, don't they? I don't know. I haven't even that's, looked at I'm pretty schedule. sure that's where that's where game day's at. Well, here's the deal. Someone wanted to do a CFP reveal show, and it took me hours to compile all these stats. And don't act like you didn't do the same thing I do. I was on ESPN.com, dude, sorting stats and counting. My wife like, looked at me the other day. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's like, what do you do? I said, homework. <laughs> she just rolled her eyes. She already knew what I was doing. Listen, you know, somebody has the 123rd defense in the nation. I counted it. I yeah. counted it all the way down to 123. Trust me, dude. I had to count, too. I just wish on ESPN they'd put numbers next to it. And yeah, they don't yeah. put any dang numbers next to it. So you got to count them down, man. Jesus. It took right, a let's, while. Let's move on here. Number seven. Uh, uh, I, first. I have Alabama at number seven. So I did drop them. Um not as much as you did, but I did definitely drop them uh, back quite a bit. Uh, I have them at number seven for a lot of the reasons we talked about. I don't think I need to hit on it anymore. No. Um, and here, I think we got, you know, three or four teams right here in the mix. I think, you know, flip-flopping this way and that. Um, but number seven, I had TCU. Okay. Um, we've already went through them and what's going on with them. So, yeah, 
TCU at number seven. Give me Move your number six. Number, my number six, dude, Ukla. I had to put him there. Who? That's UCLA for, for those. Oh, two. God. I was like, Ukla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I put him there um, just basically because I really like their offense, man. I do this year. Well, um, you got Chip for, Kelly, man. He knows what he's doing. He finally yeah. implemented an offense that's finally starting to work there. For you know, for me, UCLA, TCU, and Clemson were pretty much all interchangeable for me. Um, I think they all have some ups and downs. Um, two of them have a really good offense. One of them has a pretty decent defense. You know, it, it's kind of a toss-up for me. They both beat a couple people. They both both got, or some of them have some meat left on the bone. Clemson's already won and has nobody left to play. Like they were all interchangeable for me. But UCLA, I, it's it's the eye test for me. I like UCLA better than TCU and Clemson today. Okay. Uh, my number six, I have Ole Miss. Um, Ole Miss. Disrespect Lane Kiffin. I'm not. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good spot for him, to be honest with you. I mean, they're averaging 41 points per game, only giving up 17. They're averaging 24 points in their win uh, overall. Uh, 7-0. and uh, Their best win is beating UK, which, you know, to be honest, though, UK probably should have won that game, but they didn't, pulling it out 22-19. to um, but the thing with Ole Miss that I like is, you know, they do have a pretty decent offense, not quite top 10, but they're very capable. Their defense is 36, so it's not bad. Uh, but Ole Miss also, as of right now, the strength of schedule isn't very high. Uh, it's more around the 50 range as well, but they're more past the eye test for me. And I think that's kind of more where I like to move them up. Um, I think it'd be real interesting when we get uh, close to the end of that SEC season, where some of these teams start beating themselves out of this, uh, out of these positions. But uh, as of right now, I think they uh, are at least a contender. Do I think that they're really going to match up against Tennessee, Georgia, or even Alabama? I don't know. I mean, I think they definitely might have a chance against a couple of those teams. But you know, you know, I know you're a big fan of Lane Kiffin. Uh, I do not dislike the guy at all. You know, I kind of like him as well. But I have a little more faith in Ole Miss at least at this point in the season. Yeah, I get that. Um, first of all. As an Ohio State fan, I feel like we should all be fans of Lane Kiffin because anyone that's pissed off Nick Saban to the extent of Lane Kiffin should be A-OK in our book. You know what I mean? He's got an open invitation for the podcast anytime he wants. That's what I'm saying. Even if you, even if it didn't happen, even though he just allegedly messed around with Saban's daughter, I'll take it. I'll take that. <laughs> We're know? spreading rumors here on Dot in the Eye, guys. <laughs> Was that Kiffin and daughter? <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, give me, uh, you, you already gave me your number six, right? Yeah, you said T. Uh, Okla. Ukla, as you okay. said it. Yeah. All right, give me your five. Ole Miss. We don't so need to get for, into it. Ole Miss, you got first one just outside the playoff. You have Ole Miss. I do. And for me, I have Clemson in that spot. And this is the one where I probably, in hindsight, would have liked to put them a little bit higher up in the or lower down in the rankings. Um, but I mean, maybe I gave a little bit of the name bias to it. I mean, I, I don't think they passed the eye test, but they're still seven and zero. they still technically have beat two previously ranked teams. Uh, and they don't really have anyone else in their way. I mean, I, I think they're going to be one of those playoff teams by default this year. And it's going to be maybe like an Oklahoma style where, you know, they're going to get in there and, you know, kind of get tossed around a little bit by a much better team. Dude, and this is why I want to do another one of these in a couple of weeks, because I think it'll be fun to do. Um, but like we said, we're doing this early. 
So a lot is yet to be decided. And to be honest with you, there is about three or four teams, like you discussed, about three or four teams in the country and everybody else. So I really think, you know, about, you know, five through 13-ish, you know what I mean? There could be a lot of versatility there. And I really think in, you know, 10 to 5, there's a lot of, you know, you could really place anybody anywhere right now. You know, a lot of people still have some meat left on their bones. So, you know, I, I just really think, it's fun to do, but I think it's going to be interesting when we have this conversation here in a couple of weeks. And, you know, I used to be disappointed that we'd have to wait till November to get the CFP out. And I wish they would have done it a lot sooner in the season. And I'm kind of seeing why they really wait, because some of this stuff is a little premature. Um, I know some of the teams are already 6-0, 7-0 and everything, but I think these next two weeks are really going to start hashing it out a little bit better. And even then, it's still only the CFP's first actual reveal. So, and they even change quite a bit from there. So I kind of understand why they really wait till what, about week nine, week 10 before they even start revealing these. Yeah, it makes sense. Does. All right. Number four. Before. I'll go first. I have that team up north. Ditto. Um, currently, they unfortunately have a pretty decent offense this year. Uh, points per game, they're a lot better. But yards per game, they're at 22nd in the country. I know points per game, they're doing better. But I think there's some hidden points in there. I think realistically, their number is going to come down a little bit in points per game. Uh, But they also support the number four defense in the country right now. I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore, especially what they did this past weekend. Uh, They definitely passed the eye test better this weekend. I think it's the first time I actually watched. And See, but here's my question. Did Michigan pass the eye test for you, or did Penn State fail it? I think it was a combination of both. I think it's a. I think it's a fair question. I think it's a combination of both. Um, I think that. Listen, I, it's it. It was seeing how much they bullied Penn State around. I mean, it was even crazy because at one point Penn State was winning fourteen to thirteen, but the yardage was like two hundred and twenty yards to like seventy, and it was because of like a pick six and like giving up a couple field goals or something like that. Like it was or or just like one big running play by Sean Clifford is how they got their 14. But you know, if you really watch that game, dude, it was super dominant. And I don't even care how bad Penn State is, dude, they ran for over 400 yards in that game. Yeah. And I'm really not trying to give that team credit, but they looked really good. And it's the first time all year where it made me think, hmm, this game at the end of the year is going to be pretty you know, I'm not going to be as relaxed going into it because I, I felt pretty confident like we're really going to tan their hide, and I still think we will, but it, that's the first time this whole season that I think it's given me a little bit of pause. Let's pause for a second. Okay. Right, let's come back to life. Um, Michigan's getting stomped. We've already talked about this. I don't need to go into it. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were getting ready to like do like a sponsorship or something. I was like, I, you didn't tell me. I had to pause because, you know what I mean, I've thrown, you know, I've thrown a few F Michigans this year. I'm going to reel it in. I'm going to save my anger for a few coming weeks. I don't even like putting them in the rankings. I found I was trying to find a way to leave them out of the top 25 and justify it. I just couldn't do it. (laughs) But listen, we're we're at least trying to be as unbiased as possible. I trust me. I hate them just as much as you do. But it's hard to ignore what we've seen. At, uh, up to this point and uh, it's to. and it's fair it's fair where they're at it is 
so uh, let's let's get to it, man. Let's get into the meat of it here. I think this is where uh, I, I think we're gonna we obviously have the same teams, but I, I'm kind of interested to see what. So you think our top four is identical? No, it's not. I can you guarantee don't... it. Oh, okay. All right. Give me your number three then. Dowja. Okay, we do not have the top. Four I could have told you that from the beginning, um, because you know, and I have my reasoning. Uh, you'll see once we get up there, but. To me, Georgia, I think, is uh, – how do I put this? They have a great team. They have a great offense. They have a great defense. I think they're living a little bit right now on what happened last year. Um, I don't think they're living quite in the now. They they're getting the Cincinnati treatment. Win. Yeah. They have one ranked win. For and Now it's a good win versus Oregon. Oregon it's an impressive win. It's definitely an impressive win. It is. But they struggled versus Missouri, pulled it out. In the very end, you know what I mean? Statistically, they were trailing. They were losing in the fourth quarter at Missouri. That is not good. That's not good. Like I said, and and I think the the Oregon win has aged well because Oregon has still, you know what I mean, held their own going forward. So I think, I think that that bodes well for them. But of the three that we're talking about right now, um, I put Georgia at number three. Okay, and, and listen. At this point, you know, some of these ones up top here, it is kind of getting splitting hairs a little bit with some of these. But um, I can at least agree with you in the fact that, yeah, okay, Georgia offensively is fourth in the country. I think that's a little bit of fool's gold, in my opinion. I do not think Stetson Bennett is that good. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. Obviously, he won a national title last year. Um, I'm not knocking him. But he is not Heisman-worthy quarterback. And I think still hear them starting to throw his name around and doing that stuff. No, I'm sorry. Do I think their offense might be running a little bit better this time of year than it was this this time last year? Yeah. But I still do not think that they are some top five offense in the country. I'm sorry. I think their defense helps that op- that offense to get more opportunities. But, you know, I think they have some tough matchups coming up down the road. I mean, they still have to play Kentucky. They still have to play Tennessee. And, you know, I mean, they're still, I mean, they're scoring 42 points a game and giving up nine, dude. That's impressive. That's hard to overlook. I mean, they're they're winning by an average of 33 points a game. And they have one of the most impressive rank wins this year, you know, demolishing a team by 46 points. So it's hard to ignore, but I understand why you have them at three. For me, I have Tennessee at three. Oh, no. I do. I can't wait to destroy you when we get up there. Go on. So Tennessee is currently the number one ranked offense in the country, and that's yards per game. And really, it's by a few yards. It's like literally like by, what, two and a half yards per game. So there's a very good chance I could flip-flop between Tennessee and Ohio State. Um, However, I believe they're second or third in the country in points per game. Uh, Here is the problem, though, why I could not put them higher is because they are 103rd defensively in the country. And when you have a defense that is that bad, I don't even care if you have a Joe Burrow offense, you are going to get tripped up somewhere unless you clean that up. I know we're halfway through the year, but I don't know how much you can improve off of 103rd ranked defense in the country. So I have a big problem with that, but I think their offense, I mean, if their offense lays an egg in any one of these games, I mean, even still to beat Alabama, he had to play one of the games of his life. He had to throw five touchdown passes to the same damn player. You know, he had to play out of his mind to win on a last-second field goal. You know, if they had any sort of defense, they should have been able to blow Alabama out of the water. 
with that type of a performance. But that's I have pause with that defense, man. Well, I'll put it like this. Uh, Tennessee has the best resume of anyone in college football. Period. Done. I don't they disagree number with that. 17 Pitt, they beat them. They paid number 20 Florida. They beat them. Played number 25 LSU. Beat them. And played number three Alabama and beat them. And they have the number one offense in the country. Do they have a good defense? They do not. 100%. It's terrible. But when I sat down and I look at myself and I say, if the CFP came out today, what would be valued? That's the reason why I went like I went with my top three. And, and and that just says what you value more is you're you're more of a resume guy. You're more of show me what you've done on paper, show me your record, show me, you know who you've beat, and you're kind of. I'm not saying that's what you always base it off of, but you seem more of a resume guy. I am more of an eye test guy. See, I don't and like that because the eye test puts. I, but it's in not all eye deserve. tests. I'm not just saying, hey, I'm looking and I think, hmm, well, that's it. Because obviously, you know, eye test, Tennessee passes the eye test for me. They do. But yeah, but I'm saying that defense is still your, a problem. It keeps your BYUs out. It keeps your, it, it keeps your, you know, your not, necessarily. not necessarily. Not necessarily. That's what you go by. You have to. Have I'm not, I don't go entirely by eye test, but I just feel like I might be a little more influenced to use my eye test more than you are. That's basically what I meant by that. I'm not saying, hey, I just going by eye test. Hell, if you want me to look, tell you my eye test, you know, I'll have it. Number four is Georgia on my eye test. Now, if you're asking me to make rankings based on who I think would beat who. This list would be completely different. Right, but that, but that's just a small part of it, though. I mean, I'm only using that as a deciding factor when I'm kind of like going down the list and I've already utilized my other reasonings for putting one team ahead of another. And then I'm like, okay, maybe this is like the fourth reason, fifth reason why, how I'm splitting hairs. You know, that's... See, I went like this. I went, are they undefeated? Are they in a Power 5 conference? Who's their best win? Who is their ranked wins? On top of that, and then if you can't get to where you decide, then I look into those things like top offense, top defense, all that stuff. But resume, dude, is number one, 150% resume. Yeah, and here's what I did. I went ahead and put it up on my fridge. I closed my eyes, and I threw a dart at it. Well, is there a hole in the fridge? No, it was a magnetic dart. It's okay. <laughs> Trust me, dude. I pay way too much money on my appliances. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's move forward here. Numero dose. idea what my top two are then. Possibly. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea. Pretty good give idea, me... right? All right, so uh, I give you my number two first. I put Georgia at Georgia. number two. Georgia, we've already mentioned 7-0. We've kind of already given our spiel. I just have them a spot higher than you. Okay. Obviously, my number two is the Buckeyes. Wow. I know this is an Ohio State uh, podcast, and I am aware of that, but I'm looking at this unbiasedly. And when I look at it, do I think Ohio State is probably the best all-around team in the country? I do. So they're ranked number one then, right, on your list? No, because oh, well, I test— That's okay. Hey, listen, you remember how you got on me before and told me that you were going to find a new co-host? <laughs> yeah. I think it's finally time. Everyone, we're having open uh, auditions, so Man, I will be sure to I put like, a link on so Facebook. What? I like Peyton Manning, and I like, you know— Well, that was the night. Okay, like... stop living in the 90s. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why I put Ohio State number two, because obviously putting Ohio State number two, I don't even really need to tell you my number one, as you know. But the, the only reason I put Ohio State number two, and this logic, like I said, is going to differ between people, like we just argued about there. People value different things. For me, it's going to be resume. Does Ohio State have a, a, a offense that's right with Tennessee? 
As a matter of fact, right now, I think it's tit for tat, even though I think Ohio State's a little bit better. Um, defensively, we're definitely better. I'll give you that, 100%. But if I look today, if I'm an unbiased guy in a CFP room and I say, who deserves to be number one based on what they've done this year? It has to be Tennessee. It has to be. Ohio State, I'm sorry. As much as I like them, they did beat Notre Dame. Okay, like you said, that was a rank, a five-ranked win when we, when we played them, but it did not age well. It didn't age well, and we have looked apart. We have destroyed everyone we've played, but then again, we've played no one. Tennessee has destroyed people they've played, and they've played several ranked teams. And I just think today, today they deserve to be number one. Now, will that change probably going throughout the season as we play some ranked teams? I think it will. But today, Tennessee's my number one, Ohio State's my number two. Okay. I, I have, like I said, Georgia number two, Ohio State number one. And I really am do not feel like I'm doing that to be biased. I mean, Ohio State's number two offensively in the country in yards per game, first in points per game. They're fifth in the country defensively in yards per game, 10th in points per game. Um, they definitely but passed. But you went on eye test and nothing with resume. No, I, I, I did not. Because Ohio State has no resume to be number one. Uh, I agree their resume is not as strong, but... Uh, I don't think they went through a cakewalk. It wasn't like Michigan's cakewalk. I mean, you still have to – I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I still do give them pretty good credit for that Notre Dame game. I mean, we're also the only team right now in college football that has won every game by double digits. Uh, we are currently, you know, averaging wins by 33 points per game. Um, it's not just we haven't played anyone, but it's how we're beating them as well. You know, it's one thing to not play someone and then struggle like Georgia against um, Kent State, Georgia against Missouri. Um, and it's another thing for us to play these other teams that are lesser than us and put them away like we should to embarrass Wisconsin, to embarrass Michigan State. No matter how bad you may think they are, we're still embarrassing them like we should. We're not faltering up. We're not. I mean, the only one that was even in question was the Notre Dame game. And I give them a little bit of a break with it being first game of the year. Notre Dame had all summer to prepare. They were coming in, you know, fully motivated as well as as healthy as they could be. They had their starting quarterback. And we lost our starting, uh, you know, star wide receiver. And we were just out of sync. But the defense still stepped up and kept them to 10 points with all of their offensive starters in there. So I'm sorry. I just, I, I understand where you're saying, and it's more your opinion on you feel well, that no, Tennessee because, deserves more to be one, but I'm thinking well, right no, no, now, no, listen, who's the best I, team I in the, the country test. from what I've seen and what is on paper, and I'm going with Ohio State, and that's just where I'm at. Yeah, but how can you use that logic? You could look at the team. And you know say, how? I it's think, because I, I what I did is I woke up and I decided that. That's how I use that logic. <laughs> but if so, you could look at the paper. Basically, you're sling, you are really slinging darts at the refrigerator. Because if you if you wake up in the morning and say, you know what, based on the eye test, based on what I think of what I know about football, Old Miss is the best team in the country. I'm going to put them number one. And I'm like, Davis, why? If you look at their resume, it doesn't compare to Tennessee, Ohio State, and Georgia. You're like, yeah, but I think that they're the best team. They beat all the teams they played by double digits. I'm like, Davis, they've not played anybody. You're like, yeah, but I just feel like they're the best team in the country. To me, that is not a representation of who the best team in the country is. I wish I never told you that I even used any part of my test because you've just taken it like my wife does, taking my words out and strewn them around and used it against because me in a way that I did not Georgia's say. Resume, if you look at I Georgia's resume, I did not say. Resume, either one. Either one. I did no, not. 
Let me finish it. If you look at Georgia or Tennessee's resume, either one, they're better than Ohio State's resume, 100%. And they were all undefeated in a Power 5 conference. Right. So let's just put everything on paper and just ignore what we see in real life, right? No. The reason I add that in somewhat is because I have Ohio State at number two. Because okay, I think so that thank a you. Team. Thank you. That's exactly what I said earlier when I said I test is that is a part of my process. That right. is not but, everything. But Tennessee has five ranked wins. How can you how can you deny that? You can't at the it. at the current time they were played, how many of those teams are currently ranked now? One. Depends on which way you play it. I know exactly. However, you take it is how you take it, how I take it is how I take well, it. Well then if you take it how you take it, then we don't have a ranked win at all. We don't. I have them as I have us as no ranked wins. Well, then that that makes it really hard to put those teams uh, to put. But you then you're comparing teams, Ohio right? State has no ranked wins to Tennessee has only one ranked win. But they still have a ranked win. That doesn't look as impressive as Ohio State one ranked win to it Tennessee's sure does. four. They beat Alabama. Sure does. I understand that, but they're still giving up way too many points and. They have not blown out some teams. Way the resume. That's all I'm saying. I would agree. I would agree that I'm I'm using my eye test a little bit more for sure. I would agree to that. But mine is not all eye test. It isn't. But that is more of a factor for me. And I can guarantee you that the argument we are having is exactly what is happening in the CFP as well. Because you cannot sit there and tell me with different people in there and difference of opinion that there's not people like me and you, some people that favor the eye test more and some people that strictly favor uh, the resume more. I mean, in a perfect world, wouldn't it be nice for them to just be presented team a team B team C have everything listed on there. And that's all you're given and then try to do it without a title, but you can't do that because the name is still going to matter and plus half the time I mean they're, they're probably going to be able to guess who it is anyways based upon what their record is and this that and the other but you understand what I'm saying yeah I understand there's going to be difference, be of difference of opinion and this is sure realistically is. probably what's happening behind closed doors I mean the only thing is they're probably being a little more respectful and we're just a-holes yeah pretty much I mean I don't know anything of what I'm talking about I'm just very passionate about the way that I feel about people about college football teams and their resume and how that stacks up. And the fact that when you deserve it is when the rankings come out. Now they can change the next week, but when I look at the rankings to myself, I think about, okay, today, today, who deserves to be number one? Okay. Because to me, that question of who deserves to be number one and who do you think is the best team in the country are two different things. I can see that. I mean, I, 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 I don't fault anything that you had where you had it. I really don't. Um, and you probably can't fully fault me where I have mine either. You you may disagree, but it's not like I have someone somewhere crazy like, no. oh, I think UCLA is number one. Like I can't, I cannot fault you because I, in my true opinion, I think Tennessee deserves to be the number one team in the country today. And in my opinion, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country today. Right. So. I, you know, I really can't disagree with it. I just like to bust your balls about how you're coming up with your answer. Well, I, I wanted to go hard. one way with that so bad, and I didn't let it fly. <laughs> I should have oh just done God. it. You, you already know. know. You, you didn't even know you just made a pun there. I probably did. Know it. I have no idea. Know it. All right, listen, All right. dude. We, we spent a lot of time on that. Hopefully, everyone listening enjoyed that. Uh, that's We do not have the time to do that every week, dear God. 
Uh, we may try to do another quick one or maybe what our anticipation is for the initial release. So maybe in a couple weeks we'll do one more. I think we should do uh, the top 10, just the top 10. Yeah, I agree. Maybe just the top 10 uh, before or maybe the week of or something like that. But uh, we need to spend at least a couple minutes and get into this Iowa preview. Uh, I know Iowa has not looked good this year. Um, well, offensively. They, no, well, okay, so they're dead last in all of college football in offensive yards per game. They're averaging less than, what, 270 yards on average per game, yeah. which is horrid. And offensive points are, what, like 128th, 129th, something like that. They're one of the dead last in offensive points, too, where Ohio State sits first and second in offense. Right. So what you're seeing, though, in defense, you know, they're saying Iowa has, you know, an elite defense. Well, I, I think they have a really good defense. Elite, I think, is a little much. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not good. They're definitely a great defense. I mean – they're third in the country in defensive points and seventh in yards, but Ohio State has fifth in yards and tenth in points. Uh, so again, I think the defenses are pretty comparable. I would give the nod that Iowa's defense is probably a little bit better than Ohio State's defense, at least as of right now. Um, but I'm not seeing this being a super competitive game. It may be early on. It may be tough sledding for the offense, for Ohio State's offense to move it a little bit, but I think if uh, Ryan Day understands to be patient this game and take what the defense gives us and try not to do anything stupid, uh, this game should go pretty well. Yeah, um, I think so. When I look at this game, I'm just kind of confused. And by confused, I mean I'm looking at Iowa. I think they have a good defense. But then again, they've had a good defense against not good teams. And we know their offense is bad because it's been against not good teams. So I, I look at this game and I'm like, man, you know, we play Iowa. I'm not worried about them scoring on us. As a matter of fact, like I said, we may we may we we may score 50. We may score 24. I you know I really don't know about their defense, but I really don't think they're going to score on us. I wouldn't be shocked if they scored 14 or if we shut them out completely. So I'm kind of like up in the air about this game. I really think they're going to win handily, but I'm just kind of I'm kind of baffled like on how good that defense really is. And plus, you got to think Iowa has not faced an offense like this all year either. Now, given, you know, they're giving up less than 10 points a game or right around 10 points a game, which is pretty darn good. I don't care who you're playing if you're averaging that. But they've not really faced a team like this. And one of the reasons why they've been able to do what they've been able to do on defense is they're a big zone team. Um, I know I've looked a little bit into it and they play a lot of the quarters where, you know, they have these different levels. They don't have the safeties way back. They kind of really spread them out. And the goal of this defense is to keep everything in front of them. Uh, they are really good at limiting your big electric plays, which is anything that could be about 30 yards downfield or more. Uh, I think they've, uh, if I last saw, they only give up maybe a couple of them or not, not very many of them. Uh, and, you know, anytime you force a team to have to drive the ball, you know, they have more potential for negative plays, mistakes, penalties, things that can stop a drive. And that's kind of what they've lived by. So I think the big thing here is Ohio State's offense is going to have to play smart. They're going to have to play patient and going to have to learn sometimes, especially in this game, knowing how bad Iowa's offense is, is that three downs and a punt is still going to be fine because the last thing we can do is make stupid bonehead plays where we're turning the ball over, um, giving Iowa good field position, short fields to an already bad offense, uh, and just gunking up the game and putting it in favor of Iowa. 
So I think we play clean. You know, it's okay. It's not like we're going to come out and score touchdowns on our first seven drives like we do against these other teams. That's not going to happen this week, and I can guarantee you that. But we have got to play clean, smart, and even even if it, you know, becomes difficult trying to score in the red zone, we can still, you know, tick away, tick away, tick away. Next thing you know, we're up, you know, 26 to nothing. But do you think think we see in Jigba this weekend? I, uh... I want to say yes, but I kind of have a feeling that they may want to wait until Penn State, um, or maybe they use him sparingly uh, in the Iowa game. Um, I feel like he's healthy enough to come back. I'm just not quite sure if he's going to be full go, uh, especially against Iowa, where I really feel like Ryan Day thinks that this is not a game that we're going to be in trouble uh, potentially, but it's still enough of a, a decent opponent that, you know, I think he may want to try to utilize him a little bit, but I think he'll be in. I think my biggest question mark is how healthy are our running backs? Yeah, that is a good question. Real quick, before we move into that, uh, going back to Njigba, if I'm Ryan Day, if he's healthy, if he's 100% go, I would want to get him in this game, not because that I think you know, that he's needed to win this game. I don't at all think that. But I'm just saying just to maybe work on his chemistry uh, with, you know, all of his teammates, especially with CJ. You know what I mean? Getting back in the game, getting into the swing of things. Um, you know, that, it's hard to come back in on a Penn State game. You know what I mean? That's a tough game to come back in on, especially, you know, CJ's going to go to who he's developed trust with. And I'm not saying he doesn't, you know, trust in Jigba. I'm just saying he's got quite a rapport going with the other receivers at this point in the season. So it's kind of hard to just, you know, bump somebody else in there midway. I agree with that. Um, I mean, I'll, it's not like he's going to be coming in cold turkey because he's getting the practice reps and the timing is there. That's where they're establishing the timing is in practice. But in regards to game speed and getting back comfortable with game speed and taking hits and stuff, yeah, I think it is important that he at least gets his feet a little bit wet um, to try to kind of get back into it. And I'm really interested to see if Ryan Day finally comes up with some four wide receiver sets and has Fleming, Abuka, Harrison, and, and Jigba all out there at the same time. Because, God, and then you put uh, Cade Stover there. Imagine having yeah. five and then even the running backs having six different options of who you can throw to, and every single one of them are a stud. Like, that would be a nightmare if you're the defensive coordinator, seeing all six of those options possible there. And then that would be the one time Stroud would hold on to it and run the damn ball. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I you, like you, you touched on. I don't know what the status is of our of our running backs health wise, um, but dude, in this game, regardless, regardless of what it is, I think this is going to be, like you said, a game, more of a Big Ten game, uh, than it has been a Big Twelve game here recently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like as far as offense versus defense, right? Um, and for that reason, though, man, I, you know, I'd like to see Dallin Hayden get some carries, man. I really would let him take a beating, dude. You know what I mean? I, I trust him. I think he's going to do it. And if everybody else is banged up, I say, give him the rock, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think we need to get our running backs back to some game speed too. But I do think the most important thing is we, I'm not sure how healthy we got over the two weeks. I'm not sure how banged up we really were or the severity of it. Um, I'm not sure if the issues with both, uh, both our running backs and Henderson and my Williams were more just needing a little extra rest, just a little banged up, or maybe there's some lingering things that are not going to go away. 
Um, I mean, every year there's players that are playing, you know, the whole second half of the year with a lingering injury. I mean, I know that uh, Denzel Burke's been dealing with a hand injury. I'm not saying that's to blame for why he's played so poorly, but, you know, I know he's been playing through stuff. Um, I know last year several players on our defense was playing through injuries, but, you know, it's part of the game. Um, would we like for them to be as completely healthy as possible, especially going into the, the game against Michigan? Absolutely. Or into the playoffs, potentially? Absolutely. But, you know, we still have to make sure that they are getting enough time on the field to where, you know, the experience and just continuity of being in sync with, you know, the game speed and the players is still there. So there's got to be some sort of happy medium. I mean, I guess in a perfect world, we'd love to see us come out and just blow the top off of Iowa right away and get some backups in there and get them some more experience and get the players more rest. But do I think that'll happen? I don't know. I mean, I think there's potential. Maybe in the fourth quarter we pull starters if it's going to go the way I think it might go. But, you know, I, I think we have a more important game. Not that I'm trying to look ahead, but we really do have a more important game in two weeks, I think, going to uh, State College. I agree. Well, let's uh, well let's, let's go here, man. Uh, give me a score. All right. So I do think it's going to be a little difficult coming by points, but I just have this gut feeling with the offense, uh, if we are closer to full strength coming fresh, that I think we can get right at 42. Um, I think we could get to 42 to 45, I think is kind of our high end, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go 42 to 13. And I would write it down if my pen worked, but (laughs) kind of died on me. There it goes. Yeah. I've been thinking about it here because here's where I'm torn. I'm torn about our offense and their defense. I keep thinking, you know, you asked me earlier, do they cover the spread? Like, oh, at first glance, I'm like, no. But, you know, I just never know, dude. Is this offense even more prolific than I think it is? Will they come out and just gunsling it? Will we will we score 50 points again? I don't know. But in my head, there's a possibility, and I feel like it's like 60-40 one way or the other. You know what I mean? I'm kind of torn by it. But for the sake of this podcast, <laughs> okay. Tennessee is number one team in the country. They are. But I'm going <laughs> to They are. <laughs> I'm going to go, dude, I'm going to go 38-17 Buckeyes. And I think all that, I think we're going to run. I think we're going to see a lot of running, dude. I just really do. I think we're going to score. We're going to have the game handily won. But I think in the second half, it's going to be slow. It's going to be boring. It's going to be a lot of running. Um, And I think when that happens and our second stringers come in, I believe that they're, they might score a little bit in garbage time. That's the only reason I'm giving them 17. And, and I would, like I said before, I wouldn't even be shocked if we shut them out Okay. for the sake of argument. That's why I'm giving them 17 points. They they could score in garbage time. I really don't know, but 17 points sounds like the deal. Okay. So uh, as many of you know, we have been doing our prop bets. If you're still listening, uh, we've been at it for a little bit longer. We anticipated, but that we should have known this was going to happen talking to CFP. But um, currently the overall ranking for the year is Davis has eight wins to Chad's four. And again, this is a year long thing. So he does still have some time to make up, but the gap is widening every week. So let's see if to be honest with you, nine of your eight wins are bullshit. Nine of the eight wins. 
Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so uh, the three we decided to go with this time is will we cover the 29-point spread, will Stroud turn the ball over, and will we score 42 or more? So I decided to be, I feel like, the little bit more of the risky one this week, and I said, yes, we will cover the uh, 29-point spread. Chad says no. Um, Stroud does not turn the ball over is what I think. Chad says there's a possibility, so he went with yes. And 42 points or more, I went ahead and said yes to Chad's no. So I'm going out on the limb here, but I'm hoping my score prediction is pretty close. Uh, I'd like to see that, you know, 42 to 45 range and giving up 13 or less points. And that would kind of be the sweet spot right there. So that's my take. All right. Sounds good enough. Well, hey, we've been at this long enough, man. Um, Thanks, everybody, that stopped by to listen. And, uh, Tell us what your opinion is on the CFP, man. If, if you had to do it today, you know, drop us something on Facebook after you post this. Let us know what you think. Um, but other than that, man, thanks for listening. And Davis, tell them where they can find us. All right, guys, like always, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, pretty much anything that streams. Um, we also link these to our uh, Facebook page. Uh, so if you haven't gone over there yet, make sure you go ahead and uh, like our page and join uh, we are also on Twitter. Um, if you want to interact with us there, uh, we don't put as much on Twitter, but we definitely uh, do get our messages and interact uh, sometimes on Twitter. Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, you know, these next handful of weeks are going to really start painting a, a more wide picture of what the rest of the season is going to look like uh, and really truly see if we're just pretty much on a crash collision course with Michigan at the end of the year. Um, but there's a lot of exciting football to be had. We're really happy to have Ohio State back this week. So. Make sure you grab your beverages on Saturday, get your gear on, sit in front of the screen, tell the wife and kids to hush, and crack open a cold one. I know me and Chad will probably be doing the same. So until next week, guys, go Bucks. O-H.